Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, the director of CPE, and I'm your Bible teacher. If you wish to learn more about our work to raise up evangelists and church planters around the world, go to traincpe.org. And to learn about our church in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Paul in Romans 1.17 writes that in the gospel, quote, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. God isn't revealing the moral standard of righteousness in the gospel that we must rise to in order to be saved. He is revealing the moral standard that he himself has met in saving us. We are saved by the righteous life of Jesus Christ laid down for our unrighteousness and his righteous life that he applies to us when we sinners believe in him. And when we do this, the gospel is revealed to our faith. And what a wonderful revealing of righteousness it is. It changes all the efforts we've made in the past, but now it gives life to the life we live in the future. How can I help but love him when he's loved me so, right? Now, being set free from the bondage of my sins and the bondage to just keep laving away to overcome my sins. I'm free, unencumbered from the guilt and the shame of my sin to live to the glory of God and His honor and for His praises. Here's the last one. We have to ask, what is this faith? Verse 16 says, it's the power of God unto salvation for all or everyone who believes. Here in verse 17 it says, from faith to faith, or it says, the just shall live by faith. You know, the excuse of unbelievers is usually something like this. He says, you know, I, I just wish I had your faith. I had this experience not, but a year ago, I, I went to a golf tournament with some of my old high school chums, and they were all carrying along their beer. Every time the cart came by, they got another beer, so they were getting a little bit, you know, sloppy-eyed. And then before long, one of them says, you know, Joe, he's a man of great faith. They think our faith is somehow unique and wonderful, and yeah, he's got faith. We don't have it, but he has faith. Well, maybe that's why they have to inebriate themselves so much. But the fact is that they think that our faith is some extraordinary expression that's not available to themselves, something that somehow they've not come by and they cannot acquire. And, but I want to remind you this, that the kind of faith that God is calling for here is not something we're told in the Bible to pray for. It's not something we're told in the Bible to hope might come our way. It's something that God has commanded of us. He's commanded of us. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. It's a command. Paul just writes about it in Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Saying that he is an individual, he's a servant to the gospel of Christ and his mission is to command or call people to the obedience of the faith. An obedience to the faith. God commands this faith as an obedient response to what he has revealed to all people. Now, that only makes sense that God commands faith because God understands that he has provided all the necessary information to justify that command to faith. God will not command a faith that he hasn't given good reason for, that he hasn't given good evidence for. And so here's what we can say about faith, understanding that. What is this faith? We may say that faith is that trust that we exercise in a thing 
after we have developed a reasonable degree of certitude in that thing. It's that trust that we exercise in the thing after we've developed a reasonable certitude in that thing. There's something that tells us this is certainly true. And then we trust in it. We believe in it. We rest in it. I have, at this time of year, traveled to Indonesia on a number of occasions. And I don't know why, but for a number of years I was, I've changed my pattern behavior, but I used to go in July. And so, terrible time to go to Indonesia is in July. Very hot. You know, you don't want to go to countries where the satellite dishes are pointing straight up, you know. And it's very hot and very muggy. And what you don't understand in that time of year, and the people are not very big, is that things get soft in the heat. And so, on one occasion I was in a little community sitting out in the courtyard area and the dirt around the house and I was pointed to a chair to sit in. It was one of those plastic chairs. I sat down in the plastic chair and well it had gotten softened by the heat and before long I was still on top of the chair but it was all the way on the ground. It, it had totally melted underneath me. It was a misplaced faith. It was a misplaced faith in that chair. I got up after that and they tried to give me other chairs and I began to, at this point in time, investigate the chairs until I found a metal chair that demonstrated that it had a, a certain rigidity about it and I sat it down and I, then I, having somehow been somewhat certain, having a high degree of certitude that it was going to be able to endure my weight and that the ground underneath it was hard enough to endure its legs, I sat down upon that chair and continued and began to engage in a conversation with the people in this little area that we were in. Well, that's how faith works. Faith is enacted trust in what you believe in. It's a thing that we barter with every day of our lives. Every person, every individual has faith and lives by faith every single day. They draw conclusions on things that they can be reasonably sure of, that they have some degree of certitude, and then having determined whatever the degree of certitude is, they drop some measure of faith in order to engage or trust in themselves in those things. Hear this. God commands faith. He commands faith in the righteous salvation that he has provided. And therefore we must understand that in God's mind, and let's not argue with him, he has given sufficient information and evidence to make certified or to give a high, high degree of certitude that this is what we must trust in, that we must give our lives to. In fact, verse 18 will tell us, that the way that men skirt around being able to lend themselves and give themselves to a full faith in God is not because they lack the evidence or information. The only way they deny giving faith is because they deny the evidence and they suppress the evidence and they won't encounter that evidence. God has convicted men, for example, and the Holy Spirit is doing this right now, that they're all sinners and everyone knows they're sinners. God convicts men by his Holy Spirit that there needs to be a standard of righteousness to be met and they know they haven't met that standard of righteousness. God convicts men that because of this and this fact, the Spirit tells us, the Bible tells us, the Lord Jesus tells us in John 16, verses 8 through 11, that the Holy Spirit then convicts men of judgment. There's judgment coming upon them. There's sin in their life. There's a lack of righteousness in their life. There's judgment upon them. And then the Bible reveals to us that the Holy Spirit goes out to assure or convict people that what Christ has done fulfills the requirements that need to be met for our sin and our lack of righteousness and the judgment we're facing that he's fulfilled it all in his great work. 
And if we deny him and we ignore him and reject him, we bring ourselves under greater sin and we fall further from righteousness and we bring upon ourselves greater judgment. And the Spirit of God is driving that home to the heart of all men and making that known to all men to such an extent and to such a degree. And of course as well, this testimony of the righteous salvation that God has provided in the Son, Jesus Christ, is affirmed by his resurrection from the dead. All these things are affirmed and attested to deep within the heart of an individual to such a degree that the only way they can skirt a response, a faithful response to that information, that truth, is to suppress it and to deny disobediently the faith that God is calling for. Faith is an act of obedience, of invested trust in what God has revealed. It follows the evidence that God has provided for us a righteous way of salvation. He has righteously provided for our salvation. The nature of every false religion is to deny the righteous salvation of God and to seek a self-righteous, self-satisfying salvation by our own actions, by our own effort, by our own merit. Our default is still to flee from God and to deify ourselves. We will find a way to overcome our own sins and if we can't, we will be our own executioners. And we will declare what the judgment will be. And it's sin. And it's rebellion. And it still crops up in our lives even after we say we trust in Jesus Christ. Because we resist defaulting back to the complete righteousness of God. Bringing to us a satisfactory, just forgiveness in and of himself alone. Every time you try to make up for your sins and try to prove yourself in your own righteousness, you are fleeing from the righteous salvation of God instead of resting in it. Instead of resting in it. What a wonderful truth. This passage says from faith to faith. and There's a lot of debate as to what that means. Does that mean it's this person believes and this person believes and this person believes so it's from faith to faith it's a historical account of it being faith that moved from you know Abraham and went down in succession through all the men who trusted and believed in him and I think the best way to understand from faith to faith is this when I am saved and when I am delivered it comes at the moment when my faith completely trusts in all that God has righteously accomplished for me through Jesus Christ and his salvation and then my life begins a journey where I move from that point on by one measure of faith after another measure of faith after another measure of faith. I receive Jesus as my Savior and that I live in His salvation from day to day. I receive Him as my righteousness and I live from day to day anchored and counting on and exalting in His righteousness and not my own. From faith to faith. My sanctification comes to me as I don't avail myself of my own powers and my own instincts and my own wisdom, but as I find God's truth revealed in the Word and I let that Word pour over me and I find that that Word reveals that the one who has fulfilled all of these commands is Jesus himself and he lives in me by faith. And I receive him and I trust in him to be the one to lead me in victory and triumph and exalt in the victory and triumph I have in Christ. And I claim it by faith and I grow. From faith to faith to faith to the righteous salvation that is God alone is all of God and none of myself. One of the ways we have to proclaim this is we have to take our hands off of trying to establish our own righteousness before others. We have to sink ourselves down in the righteousness that comes from God alone through Jesus Christ. He gets glory from this. In this way, 
we lead people and we declare before others this great salvation. I've said this before a number of times. The Bible says that we're to give an answer for the hope that lies within us to anyone who asks us. And for the professing believer, they need to give that answer to themselves more than anybody else on a regular basis. What is the hope that lies within you? Is it in a just salvation that comes through Christ alone? A righteous God who righteous you in all of your unrighteousness? Let's lean on that. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, our own words, our own enthusiasm, our own delight in these truths is inadequate to communicate the simple, stored up, concentrated, satisfying, complete work that has been done for us through Jesus Christ. Every effort to address your sin, every attempt to prove yourself worthy, every attempt to run away from it, all of it in vain. God, our Savior, outstretched, sinless, pure, suffering for us, ready to open up to us endless stream of water and life and blood to cleanse us and wash us in his own righteousness Lord Jesus let us find no other salvation than here and then let us not be ashamed forever we pray in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening to the Bread of Life a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.